Hey, it's Tony and Jenny Bruski from Real Ghost Stories Online. If you like this show, please consider helping us keep it on the air by becoming an EPP. That's an extra podcast person. You get a ton of bonus episodes and a brand new one every single week and exclusive video content as well. It's only $5 a month and you can sign up at realghoststoriesonline.com. Without our EPPs, this show could not go on and our expenses to keep the show going continue to go up. So if you like it and you want it to continue into the future, please consider signing up at realghoststoriesonline.com. Get all of those exclusives. I can guarantee you will absolutely love them. Thanks for helping keep Real Ghost Stories Online on the air. If you're already an EPP, thank you so much for the support. If you're not and you've been thinking about signing up, please do so now and allow us to continue to do this show for you every single day. Sign up to be an EPP on the website, realghoststoriesonline.com. And thank you so much for the support. Stories online. Call in your real ghost story now at 855 853 4802 or write in at realghoststoriesonline.com. You're about to enter the world of the unknown and quite possibly the undead. This is Real Ghost Stories Online. And on today's episode, after sharing a room with two dogs that hog the bed, a listener finds that now there's something else in his bedroom. When it comes to protecting your children, it's amazing what a mother can find the courage to do when faced with terror. Big plans for converting a loft area into a game room fall through when the room seems to already be occupied. And after moving to a new family home, a little girl finds she has visitors in the night. Those stories, your calls, and more today on Real Ghost Stories Online. Tony and Jenny Bruski joining you once again. Hello. How are you this fine day? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm enjoying staring out the window here behind uh, the studio and uh, staring at the tomato plants that I'm growing. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of fun because they're uh, they're growing quite nicely. And you, and you do a great job with your tomatoes. And they're Halloween-y tomatoes this year. They are, they are literally... Uh, black colored tomatoes. Okay. So I'm excited. They're green right now, but mm-hmm. uh, but I'm excited to see. I, there's all these uh, different varieties I had no idea existed. And I don't really even like tomatoes all that much. <laughs> I, I don't eat them raw. I just like kind of use them in sauces and stuff like that. But I thought it'd be kind of fun to, to kind of do some of these uh, interesting variants on them. But yeah, they slowly grow and get bigger outside the window. It's like Attack of the... Remember the show or the movie Attack of the Killer Tomatoes? Yeah, George Clooney's first movie, I believe. Really? Mm-hmm. I've never seen the movie. I just remember they ended up making like a Saturday morning cartoon of it uh-huh. when we were kids and it was one of those I never watched either. It was like, what is this? Why? It's a bad movie. What? I mean, who who came up with such a concept? Why would you come up with the concept of a, a, tomatoes attacking people? What were they on when they came up with that mm-hmm. concept? That's true. And then, of course, it, what's what's funny about that, uh, that thought process right there, because you almost have to be on something to, mm-hmm. to come up with the concept, um, is the fact that then translates into a children's cartoon. Yeah. But I think a lot of that, I mean, look at, you know, look at how many, you know, children's movies, fairy tales, um, pretty bizarre. I mean, Alice in Wonderland. Yeah, that's know, all about an acid trip. For example. Exactly. And it's, you know, all... For, for kids, you know, it's like, <laughs> hey, uh, but I guess, you know, uh, to uh, kids are very random. And mm-hmm. I suppose maybe the thought process was of the writers uh, of some of these of, 
Well, the only way we're really going to appeal to them is if we get just, you know, completely baked out of our minds. That will help us come up with ideas that are appealing to children. <laughs> because sober, it's not going to happen. Yeah, yeah, you're right. That may be the uh, the logic there. Our phone number is 855-853-4802 to call into a Real Ghost Stories online and share your real ghost story with us. Of course, you can also uh, write in through the website at Real Ghost Stories Online. So there's lots of ways to get your uh, stories to us. And of course, if you like the show, we do need the support to keep it on the air. Click uh, on uh, Become an EPP on our website. You get uh, bonus episodes of the show, exclusive video, all sorts of great stuff. And the, uh, the, the satisfaction knowing you're keeping this show going. Check it out, Real Ghost Stories Online.com. Our first letter today comes to us from Jim. Jim says, hey guys, my name is Jim. I'm from upstate New York. I spent most of my adult life believing that there are other things that science cannot explain due to lack of evidence or inadequate scientific studies. Being of a science-minded nature, I've melded my religion ideas with evolution and science-based facts. That being said, I do believe in ghosts, multiple gods and goddesses, and the fact that there is a very good chance that nature was nudged into starting and, uh, and left to its own devices. Growing up, in the lower class station of society, my family was forced to live in some real crap holes. I believe crap hole is a scientific term. Hey, there you go. The first time I can remember having any real paranormal experience was on a stretch of road appropriately named Factory Avenue, named because the road itself stretched about five or so miles and only contained at most three houses, mine being one of them. The rest of the avenue was occupied by a train track on the opposite side of the road and several factories and blue-collar businesses. The road itself was a straight shot where drivers could drive 55 or miles an hour instead of uh, the posted 40 miles an hour. Needless to say, this area could be considered the fringe of town where houses met the industrial section of town. I gave this information to add character and atmosphere to the environment in order to give possible justification for the haunting. My house was haunted, plain and simple to say, and still freaky as hell to experience. I lived in it with my sister, my mother, and my father, who was a long-distance truck driver, and my stoner brother, who would pop up to crash once in a while, along with my uh, two Sherpies, or Sharpays, uh, so you can pronounce it. Oh, there we go. Thank you. I, I, what is a Sharpe? That's a dog. I know. It's but... a type of dog. It's the ones that look like they have too much skin and they're all wrinkly. Oh, okay. They're really cute. I'm really horrible on like my dogs as far as like when people say, oh, I have this type. Unless it's like Golden Retriever or Collie most of the time, I'm clueless. I'm all about dogs. I know all of them. Well, not all of them, but I know a lot of them. I used to watch the dog shows enough to know. I can identify cats more. Really? I can I can do cats pretty good, yeah. <laughs> but other than that, I'm just not, not good at the dogs. Anyhow, uh, two brothers, Chinese fighting dogs, who uh, did nothing in the area of fighting unless it was over who got to lay on my pillow while I got up late at night to pee. The first experience uh, that uh, I had was that of a shadow man in my sister's closet. My niece was visiting for the night in the mid-90s and was awoken late at night to see a shadow man staring at her from my sister's closet. Immediately, she screamed for my sister to save me, who in turn rushed to my room to ask me to investigate. I woke up rather groggy and grumpy, and I ignored them. I believe I assumed my niece was being childish and told them to get away from me. Not the noblest move on my half, but as a child, 
I liked sleeping more than protecting the women in my house from possible intruders. I slept in a single-sized bed and shared it with two dogs. Each thought it was their power to determine their pet human if it was I was allowed to have one-fourth of the bed, and I should be very thankful for that. The nights I wanted more and decided to kick them off the bed, it was like nudging a 40-pound sleeping limp bag. The only way to get them off the bed was to fully catapult them off the bed while they slept, and I never had the heart to do that. That being said, the nights I was awoken up by both dogs jumping off my bed of their own free will and running into my parents' room would seem as if it was a gift from them, but those nights usually turned out to be the night whatever was in my house would choose to show itself to me. Usually by grabbing my blanket and ripping it off me, jerking me awake in the middle of the night, Seeing as how I had a huge bay window in my room, I always seemed to have ample light in there as well. So when I would jerk away and look around my room for the reason my blanket was pulled off me, I'd see only a cluttered teenage boy's room and nothing more. No dogs fighting over my bed, no ghoul holding my blanket up for me to see. Simply a room and my blanket, and I crumpled on the bed. Now, enough of the antics of the good ghosts. The older I got, the more bed I required to share with my two roommates. So my parents got me a bunk bed. One of those old wooden deals that would groan and moan when you climbed onto it. After a close game of rock, paper, scissors, my dogs won the bunk bed or the bottom bunk. Never throw scissors while playing against dogs because they'll always throw rock. That being said, one night my dogs once again decided to stay in my parents' room one night, which left the bottom bunk for me, and I took it gladly. That was until later in the evening, and I was awoken from a deep sleep by Hey Kid. The voice was a deep, scratchy voice of an old woman, angry and mean. I instantly jerked away and looked up towards the top bunk, leaning over a silhouetted in the moonlight was a haggard old woman. Couldn't make out much detail, which was odd because I mentioned this room was well lit at night. Adding to the shadows covering her face was a mop tangled hair dangling past her face as she looked down at me, hands gripped the side of the bed. I could feel the malice and anger from the shadow. The hey kid to me seemed to be simply to wake me up and scare me because I instantly fell back asleep. Not sure how, after such a wake up call, I could pass out without even wanting to. Maybe the old woman only wanted to say hey and didn't want to talk. I have a few more stories, a few shadow man stories, ghost hands over my head, seeing vortexes and a haunted voice from a country landmark mansion, but those will be told another day. Thanks for listening and thanks for all the stories. Me and my fiance love your logic theories and banter relating to stories submitted. I do so enjoy hearing others talk about their experiences as I do not feel so insane. Take care, guys, and thanks for reading the story. Jim. I think we almost have enough material to do a whole show on bunk beds. We do. It could all be about, we could just do a bunk bed uh, review. Do you think part of it is the psychological fear of not really knowing if something is above you or under you, depending on which bed you're on? I think you have that. I think you also have the fear, um, whether it's pronounced or not, of if you're on the top bed falling out, if you're on the bottom bed, the top bed falling on you. Yeah, that was always my fear with a bunk bed. Yeah. I never really knew uh, how well they were constructed, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, and seeing how kids can be so rough on them, uh, 
you know, I, I just thinking back to the kids that I knew that had bunk beds as a child, and there wasn't many of them, but the few that did, the parents were somewhat questionable. From what I can remember, Uh and I'm not referring to any family members or anything like that. It was just kind of like friends from school and stuff. Um, And uh, the kids were also cautious. So it would, those were the two factors that I would play in it. And it's like, well, if I have to do a sleepover or something, like I would take the top because I didn't want to be, you know, sandwiched in the bunk bed coffin when it collapsed. So I always had, (laughs) that was my fear more than anything, not just falling off, but the fear of it just... Right down. I wonder, is that a common occurrence? I I don't know. You don't hear of it too often. You would no. think it would make the news. Yeah. But, uh, you know, some massive bunk bed recall, you know, if there's some, some, something wrong with them. But uh, we have had so many stories of haunted bunk beds mm-hmm. where one of them was where there was an actual marking on the bed that somebody performed some sort of ritual with the wood or something in the factory. Um and then uh, we've had some others. I can't recall exactly what they were, but that, it all kind of goes back to that HorrorCon Wisconsin Unsolved Mysteries. Sure. Where they had that. Uh, and I honestly think if there was the one factory where some of these were coming out of, and obviously they come out of multiple factories, mm-hmm. but there was the one where we had the story of the marking on it. You got to think there was probably more than just that bed. Mm-hmm. that had something that was on it, that some nefarious person at some bunk bed factory in 1984 was putting on these beds. Well, and I find it interesting because it seemed like once um, the author of this story got the bunk bed, things started to ramp up. Mm-hmm. So it I don't know. It's just kind of strange. I wonder if it's because, you know, you have that fear as a child or a kid. Mm-hmm. And I know he wasn't a child in this story, but of the monster under the bed sure but i think with a bunk bed you have almost two layers of that yeah so i i don't know i wonder if it has something to do with the bed itself or just the ability for something to hide easier you have the psychological aspect and the paranormal yeah when you have the uh, the crop of cursed bunk beds that are out there mm-hmm. <laughs> i'm gonna like we never really see those for sale like in resale shops I was going to say, when I see him, I'm going to be looking now for markings, but I'm just, I can't think of any place I've ever seen a bunk bed used, like at an antique store or anything like that. Yeah, I think they're, you know, by the time they're done, they're done. They're worn out. Yeah, there's no reusing a bunk bed. Uh, interesting story. Thank you for writing in. Rosa writes in, I know that when it comes to paranormal dreams, it's a little hard to truly know if it's paranormal or just purely subconscious, but I figured I'd share my story regardless and maybe get your opinion on the matter. Starting at a young age, I used to have this nightmare about my grandmother, my father's mother, who I'd never met. It was always about her losing her head, literally. Even though it was simple, it was obviously scary to me, and I used to think that I could see her headless body out of the corner of my eye. Later, when I was around 18, I had a dream about going down into the unfinished basement of my mother's childhood home, and that a girl was screaming, seemingly possessed. Scared, I quickly turned around and ran up the stairs just to have my grandmother flash before my path before disappearing through the wall. The dream had felt so real that the unsettling feeling it had given me struck, stuck around for weeks. Between these times, I've had things happen to me in our house. Fireplace doors slamming, the smell of very floral perfume, doors opening and closing, etc., 
And finally, one night while I was out to dinner with my mother and we had gotten into the subject of the paranormal, I told her about my strange dreams. She looked at my somewhat, uh, looked at me somewhat strangely and told me that in the basement of their house, of her house when she was a teenager, that they had used a Ouija board and that one of the girls there had suddenly just started screaming for no reason and they had to rush her out of the house to get her to stop. She also told me that while my dad's mother was alive and dying of cancer, that she had had a disturbing dream about her. In the dream, she had come to check on my grandmother, like she always did, and that she was seemingly better, which reflected what was happening in real life. She said that she was smiling one second, and the next her face had turned into a grimace, and my grandmother got on all four and contoured her body and started growling, and my mother cried out in fear. Two hooded black figures suddenly appeared and grabbed my grandmother, pulling her from the bed and starting to pull her away. My mom said that the dream ended with the figures turning to look at her and saying, Not yet. We'll be back. A week later, my grandmother's condition worsened and she died. I don't know what it all means, but it's unnerving and four years later it's still on the back of my mind. Is it all just crazy happenings? Is it paranormal? I don't know. Or maybe you guys have some thoughts. Just became an EPP in your podcast. Help me get through work. Thanks and blessed be. Okay, I think there's something dark dealing with grandma. Not that grandma was bad, but something dark was maybe surrounding her. Because that's really odd for both the mother and daughter to have dreams like that. And uh, while they weren't identical dreams, mm-hmm. you know, I was going to say oh, if it's identical, then we surely know this is something, you know, paranormal mm-hmm. causing it. But they are pretty dark dreams. So I don't know what... Uh, there's some sort of dark presence in grandma's life or, you know, and, and I'm meaning that in the terms of like uh, having been a human being possibly or something darker. I don't know. Yeah, It's hard to tell. I mean, it's one of those where you could have, you know, had just really an evil person or just not good person, you know, that had some sort of interaction with her within her life that was following. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, or it certainly could be something darker, but um, it's hard, really, it's too hard to tell. Especially since grandma died before she was born, so. It's interesting to have dreams of people that you've never met. Yeah. I can't say I've ever had that. No, it, it's one thing to <coughs> see somebody in a picture, but mm-hmm. to dream of them, you almost have to know their mannerisms and the way they did things and talked and spoke. Sure. You know, that's kind of, I don't know, it's its pretty questionable to me. I think it's something going on. Yeah, that is, that's pretty powerful when you're you are having the dreams of people you've never met. And especially if the mannerisms and stuff, when you describe them to the person who did know them when they were alive, they actually match up. Yes. You know, because it, it's hard to describe mannerisms, if you will, you know, and, and then just to have that then project itself into your mind. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I like my my grandparents, my dad's parents. I'd never met them; they had passed on before I was ever born. But I, I honestly, I've, I can't say I've ever had a dream about them because yeah. I never knew them, you know, or or heard their voice or anything like that. So it's it's interesting when that happens. Yeah, very good story. Thank you for writing that in. Eight five five eight five three forty eight or two is our phone number. Anna writes in, "Hi Tony and Jenny, I'm so happy to let you know that I'm now a proud EPP member. Well, thank you very much, Anna. We greatly appreciate that support. 
Uh, I encourage everyone to please become an EPP. It helps keep this show on the air. I was listening to one of your podcasts that mentioned the decapitated chickens. And then the one of the two girls seeing a, a shadow in their bathroom under the door when they knew they were alone. My story happens way back around 2005 or 2007 when I was in a very bad marriage. My ex-husband was dating all sorts of women, some of whom practice Santeria, which is a common within the Latin culture in South Florida. He was also dating a girl from Haiti, which they are also big into Santeria, black magic and voodoo. When I made him move out of the house, I immediately noticed my small babies were crying a lot and waking up in the middle of the night. I also will find them out of their cribs in the middle of the night or during the nap time, which made no sense since one was barely six months old and the other was only a little over a year. Things would also disappear. I'll get sick or they'll get sick all the time. I'd hear people talking and even people walking in the house, even when I knew we were alone in the house. One night I put the babies in their cribs just as any other night, left the light on. Immediately I knew I had forgotten to turn off the light and came back. I was barefoot so I did not make any noise and to my horror I saw the shadow of people walking. My heart did a somersault and I managed to gather my courage and I opened the door fast only to find my babies in their cribs. I was like, what the fuck is going on? That night, I moved both cribs to my room. Within nights of the ter- uh, within nights of that terrifying night, I think a, uh, I think a test of soul faith came when a visit from Unmutro, as he call it, later it was described to me that the spirit which was roaming in my house did not have good intentions. In great details, this is what I woke up to. I always loved to have white sheets and quilts so everything in my room was white and that night it was a full moon particularly in my windows there was a very nice moon coming in so my room was naturally lit by the moon when i opened my eyes to find a woman lying next to me at first i was startled since she was just there next to me solid very solid and black as black as charcoal I could not make her face features, but I knew she was pretty, even though she had no face. Then there was her hair. She had long black hair going down to her waist, and it was very shiny. I was not scared because my oldest baby was sleeping in the same bed, since it was a king size, and this woman had placed herself between the two of us. I had to be strong for my baby and show no fear. Immediately, I felt she was sent by one of those women my ex was dating. I started the dialogue with this thing. You don't need to be here. I'm stronger than you or your patron. God is with me. What you have come here to do is with me and not with my daughters. You need to leave now. I have power over and I command you to leave. And when you leave, everything that you have been given to do to me, you'll do worse to those that sent you to me because I walk at the light of God and the Holy Spirit. and You were not invited here. I command you to leave in the name of Jesus Christ and in the name of the Madonna. I mean very calmly. I did the Catholic shit ritual on this demon, and it was exhausting. It went on for hours. Imagine having that woman in your bed. Like just a matter of fact, and then she's gone. Just like that. The next day I put out holy water, and I did all kinds of shit that I could think of. But my girls never left my room. 
After that, I moved up north out of Florida, and karma is a bitch. That asshole playing with all of those voodoo women did if it, it, it did affect him a lot. But that in itself is a story. There's a short story book of voodoo karma, bitch. Wow, this is some vengeance in this story. Yeah, a little bit. Hmm. I like that title. What do you guys think? <laughs> book of voodoo karma, bitch. Yeah. There you go. We could. We should name the episode that. Book of voodoo karma, bitch. <laughs> People are like, what? What is this about? Um, interesting. I, I didn't know that you could reverse it like that. I didn't know that either. It's like ping pong with the demons. Yeah, and send it back to them. Um, so I could see it being, you know, somebody trying to put something dark on her or mm-hmm. him after being kicked out, asking one of his lady friends to put something dark on her. Yeah. And who doesn't do that? You know, right. <laughs> who does? Hey, you know what? Why don't you send a demon after my ex? My gosh. Game, set, match, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ping pong with the damned. 855-853-4802 is our phone number here at Real Ghost Stories Online to share your real ghost story with us. Please uh, press subscribe, whatever platform it is you listen to us on, iTunes, Stitcher, YouTube. There's a lot of them you can find our show on now. When you hit subscribe, all the episodes get sent directly to you. That's really convenient. Uh, plus, it helps us uh, grow in those rankings and more people in turn find the show. We get more stories. You get a better product at the end of the day. So please uh, do us a favor, press subscribe. Ashton writes in, I've had a lot of weird stories. I'm not sure if they are all paranormal, though. Anyways, a lot of strange stuff started happening after I and two other friends decided to use a Ouija board. As about 14 or 15 of my friends were around the same age. One night we were all alone at my house and decided since it was late around 2.30 a.m. to make a Ouija board and see if anything spooky happened. After the board was all made and ready to go, we used something light and clear as a pointer. I'm not sure what it was, but it worked. Started off slow, but after about 20 minutes of messing around, weird stuff started to happen. The pointer was pulling a lot harder than before, and some of my younger brother's toys would start making noise seemingly out of nowhere. We were all a little spooked, but kept going because none of us really thought it would work. Well, we ended up getting something that wouldn't answer any questions and would just point to the no every time we asked. The only thing we got from it was a, its name. And B, how many ghosts were there? Apparently there were three ghosts just hanging out in my room, and when my friend thought he heard noises downstairs, we decided to stop. We told it goodbye, and the pointer swept over to buy, and that was that. Well, a few days later, things picked up. There was always a feeling of being watched in the room where we did it, and I started to suffer from night terrors almost every night. Shadows darted around the room at night, and I assumed it was just my imagination. That was until one day when I was home alone. I was sitting in the kitchen when someone grabbed my shoulder. I turned around thinking one of my brothers had come home and snuck up on me, but nothing was there. From there, things just kept getting weirder. My cats would hiss at nothing at the night terrors continued for about five months, almost nightly. When I could sleep, I would have trouble with reoccurring dreams, which could be their own story altogether. After about a year of activity, it just stopped and has not happened for years. I forgot about it and just kind of ignored it until just recently things started again. It's a lot calmer, but it's still weird. Every now and then I see shadows moving in the corners of the house and there's a weird feeling of being watched in some of the rooms. But I've just been ignoring it. It's not really a big deal. There are a lot of stories for me to tell. 
though, about all of this and what happened along with the dreams and one particular strange encounter with an older lady that disappeared in seconds. Both I and a friend of mine saw this and she about lost it after seeing whatever it was, but all that's for another time. I really enjoy the podcast. It helps pass the time at work since I don't really need to talk to anyone and um, am there for the most part of the day alone. It's really nice having new episodes all the time. Keep up the good work. I wonder what has changed to stir it up again. I don't know. I wonder, is is are you going through any kind of trying time or difficulty as far as how you're feeling? Because it's kind of odd for it to go away and then all of a sudden be stirred up again. Yeah, sometimes th- that is what can bring those things back. And you know, I almost wonder if it's not related, though. If maybe this is something where they are more sensitive mm-hmm. to these things than others. And now it's just another case of it, if you will. Yeah. Because it, it, it's odd that it went away for such a long period of time and then came back. I could almost see it being something completely separate. But, of course, you're going to make the um, assumption that could be connected just because of the past experiences of, of seeing these sort of things. It's not, mm-hmm. you know, not their first rodeo with it, sure, if you will. So I can see that connection being made. Okay. It's hard to tell. Yeah, it really is. It's it's very hard to tell. Thanks for writing in. Uh, 855-853-4802 is our phone number. Now that everyone has uh, cameras and everything and uh, dash cams getting more and more popular, there's a uh, interesting YouTube video out there uh, of a uh, police officer that was stunned. Uh, it's a dash cam, black and white video. Uh, it looks like someone walking out in front of his cruiser as he's going down a kind of foggy, desolate country road. Mm-hmm. And it's creepy because it's just off in the distance a little bit. And at first you think it might just be fog, but then you see the the clear outline of the figure just kind of moving across the road. And then he continues to turn the lights on brighter, drives a little closer, turns around, like kind of shines the light into the field, the headlights. And there's no one there. Huh. Very creepy video that's kind of making the rounds right now. The uh, title of it is Cop Stunned After Ghost Walks in Front of Him Caught on Dash Cam. So, a brief title. Did you watch it? I did, and it's creepy. Really? It is. It's like it, it's one you kind of go, I don't know how you can really explain this. I mean, of course, anyone could, you know, with the right equipment, you could make something, you know, fake up. But um, it looks, uh, it doesn't have that, that aura to it. Does it say what? What state or what area? It doesn't, unfortunately, which, you know, kind of pulls some of the validity out of it. But um, nonetheless, it's a creepy thing to watch. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm wondering if now that, uh, you know, dash cams are actually, they're very popular in, in other parts of, of the world. Um, people have them all over in Russia, yeah. um, which is how when that meteor uh, struck the other year, um, there were so many videos of it because all these dash cams that people have. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm wondering, as, as that starts to become more and more popular in the States, how many more, you know, times we're going to get things like this caught on camera now that there's just so many active cameras going? Of course, everyone has one in their pocket on their phone now, but it's not a consistent running camera, you know? Yeah. Just the fact that there's so many more opportunities to videotape or there is essentially security footage going on all the time in in all different angles, all different places. If we're going to be seeing more and more ghost footage pop up just because it's a, you know, much more, you know, prevalent, if you will. 
I could say possibly, but I think the part of it that we have to consider is somebody has to either one be there witnessing it in real life mm-hmm. to say, Hey, we need to go back and check the camera. Sure. Or, you know, have some kind of suspect situation when they get back to wherever they are, you know, say it's a night security camera and mm-hmm. stuff's a mess and they have to have a reason to go back and check that. Cause so many times those cameras just roll and nobody's, nobody's looking at them and looking at them. Nobody goes back and checks the, That's the true. tape unless there is a need. So and when you're driving, you're not exactly staring at your camera. No, hopefully not. But in this case, you know, he saw it out his windshield. So there mm-hmm. was reason to go back and check his camera. Sure. So sure. I think there has to be that part of it. That's true. So I wonder if more will just be caught just completely unknown. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, just they're there, but nobody will be aware of it, that, it, that they're being, that they're catching these things, mm-hmm. you know, and interesting stuff. 855-853-4802. Matt writes in, hi, my uh, wife and I really enjoy your show and I look forward to listening to it throughout the week. It really helps when we're on car trips or just working around the house. Anyway, just wanted to share something that happened a few years ago while I was in college. My roommate and I rented a house from an older couple in our neighborhood. It was an older house, probably from the 50s or 60s, had been converted into a duplex. The reason we went for it was not only for the cheap rent, but also the loft that ran the length of the house. My roommate and I planned on using the area as a game room, complete with couches, chairs, and a TV. That, however, changed when we moved in. While we were moving in, I went up to the loft, set up some furniture, began to feel uneasy, like something was watching me. Looked around the room, but no one was there. I went out to my roommate, but he was outside. I couldn't shake the feeling. Later, I asked my roommate about it, and he said he felt the same. He was a practicing Catholic at the time and was much more superstitious than I about that sort of thing. I, a Southern Baptist, was always taught to ignore the supernatural, so I tried to forget about the feeling. We both decided to only use the loft for storage, and that was what we did. For the first month or so, everything was quiet, and about once or twice a week, we would hear footsteps coming from above us, like someone was walking circles around the loft. When the first occurred, we were worried someone had broken in, and we both rushed upstairs to see if anyone was there. Of course, no one was. This became a semi-normal occurrence, something that I just learned to live with and ignored for the most part. My roommate, on the other hand, was pretty freaked out. As the year went on, stranger things began happening. Items in our house would disappear and reappear at random. Objects seemed to travel from room to room on their own. It was very odd. None of it seemed particularly malicious, just weird. And most of it concentrated on my roommate. I don't know if this was because he believed in it more than I did or what, but it was still very creepy. Our rooms were down the hall from one another, and we both kept our doors shut at night. One day I noticed my roommate's door was open while he was still in bed. Thinking this was odd, I asked him about it later. He swore up and down he hadn't opened his door at all during the night, and this began happening on an almost daily basis, with only his door being opened in the middle of the night. It was weird. It was really stressing my roommate out, to the point he contacted his local priest. The priest eventually came over and blessed the house, spraying holy water on both our rooms and the loft especially. After that, we didn't notice any other odd occurrences at all, and everything returned to normal. My roommate began to feel much better about the house, as did I too, although we both still avoided the loft as much as possible. All around, it was just an odd experience, but... It was one that stayed with me until this day. Just wanted to share that 
and thank him for all you do. Matt. What a bummer. That would have been a cool space. Yeah. Would you uh, Would you not do a project to a room in your home if you just had a weird feeling about the room? Well, probably just because if I had a weird feeling about the room, I wouldn't be comfortable. It'd be a waste of energy to do something to it and then have it all done and set up the way I want. And it still makes me uncomfortable. Meaning you'll never actually use the room itself, so why put the bother into it? Right. Yeah. Is there? Would you attempt to do anything to try and uh, change the energy of the the space? If it were my home, like I owned it, mm-hmm. yes, I probably would. But being that, you know, if I were renting and it wasn't really my home, I'd feel a little odd about doing something permanent like that. Why? Because I don't want to take the chance of making it worse when it's not my property. Well, you could just leave then. <laughs> you could just leave. Yes, you're right. But and then someone else gets to deal with it. I don't know. I'm, you know, I'm one of those renters where I would take extra care mm-hmm. when I did rent. I took extra care because it didn't belong to me. I was never one of those renters. Well, it's not mine. I don't give a shit. Yeah. You know, and so you have two different types of people like that. Sure. And I would be more on the, I would err more on the caution of, I don't know that I want to do something because it's not my place. Not only would you clean the cabinets, you would make sure that the demon infestation did not (laughs) spread. Yeah. That's pretty nice. Uh, You never really see that in renters agreements anymore. No, you don't see too many renters. I mean, sometimes you have good ones, but around here, it seems like if you rent... Mm-hmm. Or that you have somebody renting from you, they don't give a shit. They just tear everything up. Which is, it sucks. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I remember what, what I always found odd because I always, when I rented apartments, I would be the one, I would clean it up, vacuum it. You know, I'd get a rug doctor even, you know, yeah. and, and really when I left, I tried to make it as, as nice as I possibly could. But it always seemed that uh, I would end up getting the apartment where they didn't do enough to. Uh, I guess, return the favor. Mm-hmm. You know, the last apartment that I, I ever had, um, the carpet was like kind of, you know, dingy in spots and here and there. And it was always like, like, well, come why? Then I, I was upset because I would always see like when someone else moved out, they'd like rip all the carpet out. Yeah. And put new carpet. Like, why did I get the one that you didn't rip the carpet out and replace it? I would have complained. I would have said, I'm not moving in until yeah. this is rectified because they do. They switch out the carpet so often. I know. It's and not I, a big deal. I get the ones where they didn't, where it's always like, well, it's, it might get another little bit of use out of it. No, no and, this uh, is gross. Uh, and the thing is, I it was like by the by the time I got here, mm-hmm. I just, I didn't want, I had a moving truck with all my stuff and it's like, I'm not, you know, what am I going to do? Yeah. You know, it's like, just put the furniture down. I'm done. <laughs> just I'll deal with the carpet. But yeah, I didn't. You know, karma never really seemed to work for me in that, where it's like, oh, you do good and, you know, you take care of your apartment, the next one will be good, too. No, it was like always just kind of a downhill slope, no matter where (laughs) I went. Uh, 855-853-4802. Catherine writes in, hi, this is Catherine from the UK, a new listener to your show. I and my family have had some experiences over the years. These are two of my earliest ones that have happened to me that I can recall, and I'd like to share them with everyone who's listening. My family is just prone to paranormal things happening to us over the years, with my mother and sister both being really spiritual people. That is understandable. But there have been a few things that have happened that still give me goosebumps to this day. 
The earliest memory I can recall was when we first moved into the place we are now living in around 20 years ago. It was just me and my parents at the time we moved. My sister was staying in my grandmother's for a few days during the move, and I went to my grandparents on my dad's side only during the day. Came back to the house at night. Anyway, so I was asleep in my room, now the office, and all of a sudden I woke up, and I don't know why I did, but I instantly got the feeling that I was being watched by someone. I knew it wasn't my sister. She was at my grandmother's, and my parents were both asleep in their room across the hall. In my curiosity, I looked up from under my bed sheets, and there was a little boy just looking at me in my room. I was still quite young at the time, and of course I was really scared, but I couldn't say or do anything, and of course I did what every scared kid would do in that situation. I hid under my sheets for a few seconds, and then I looked back up, and he was gone. The next time I saw something, it was in my late teens, and I was just sitting on the couch, flicking through the music channels, and out of the corner of my eye, I could see the figure of a man in full Middle Ages worker's clothes and long brunette hair walking down the hallway. Of course, I went to look again. Nothing was there. A little while after that, I started to feel really uneasy going down my hallway at night because I knew he was there and he was watching me. I can still sense him in the hallway every night when I go to turn, on, turn the Wi-Fi off. I'm sure he is a spirit that cannot move from his past for some reason. There are more stories from my family and our experiences of the paranormal. I'll send them in to you very soon. Catherine. I think it would be very difficult if you know you have more than one spirit in your home to be able to differentiate if one of them does good things and one does not so good things, who's doing mm. what and keeping them straight, almost like kids. Because what if one turns? What if, you know, what if one decides, I'm going to start being nice or the other one decides, I'm going to start being an ass? Right. You know, How do you know? It's going to be really tough, but hopefully they just show up and they go away and they don't really do anything other than that's that's plenty to just see something. Would you name your ghosts? You I a would of them? just... Just, you know, just simply to keep them straight, mm -hmm. you know, kind of like, you know, when you have twins and you're, you haven't had them yet, they, baby A and baby B, you know, just to keep them straight, mm -hmm. ghost A and ghost B, or I'd give them something creative. I would be horrible if, if we had twins because I, I would constantly screw that up. Mm -hmm. I screw up the names of our children now <laughs> and they're, you know, so many years apart and look extremely different, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I, I remember like in school, that was one of the, I mean, I'm bad with names to begin with sure. of people who are not twins, but I remember like the twins in school, I constantly, I, I could never tell who was who when there were twin kids, yeah. identical twin kids anyway. Um, that's just, that'd be horrible. <laughs> and the, the children would resent me forever. So it's a good thing that they're not. Well, at least you only have two to deal exactly, with. Exactly, exactly. Bianca writes in, Hey guys, I just wanted to share a story with you. Moved out of my house at 20. I got a one-bedroom apartment in the Bronx. Most of the tenants in my building were elderly and very quiet. I worked a lot of shifts at the hospital and was not home very much. When I was home, I always felt uneasy, like someone was watching me. I knew I felt things and could see things, so it was not a scared shitless feeling. I yelled out, if you, are, uh, if you are there, make yourself known or go away. There was no sound, but that feeling never went away. One night I had a guy I was dating over and we were going to sleep. We'll call him Tim. I woke up because I felt a tug at my leg. I told Tim to stop. He replied that he was sleeping and to leave him alone. I closed my eyes, another hard tug at my leg. 
I woke Tim up and told him what had happened, and he told me I was dreaming. I knew I wasn't and couldn't go back to sleep. I went to the kitchen to get a glass of water and was shaking. In the room, I hear Tim say, Stop pulling the covers. I yelled that I was in the kitchen. Tim ran out of the room to me and looked pale. He told me we had to get out of there, and I knew it, but I wanted whatever it was to leave my apartment. I gathered whatever strength I had and charged into my room. When I turned to my bed, I froze. There was something dark crawling on the ceiling. It had red eyes and skinny, slender body. The prayer, Our Father, escaped my lips over and over. The thing on the wall looked angrier and angrier. I just kept saying the prayer and finally yelled it. The thing on the wall opened its mouth to expose its teeth and let out a loud growl. Before I could finish the last Our Father, it disappeared. I walked out of the bedroom shaking and Tim was gone. I stayed with my mom the next night and she called my grandparents to do a blessing on the apartment. If this demon or monster was not afraid of religion, they should be afraid of my grandmother. She blessed the house and doused it with holy water. She said a few things in Spanish and when they left my house, it seemed like everything was okay. I moved out though. It may have been gone, but I did not feel comfortable staying there. Thank you, Tony and Jenny, for allowing me a place to tell my stories. Love you guys. Well, I hope you didn't end up with Tim, <laughs> since he took off when you were obviously in a time of need. Tim ran away from the demon. Wow. I bet he tells that story. I bet he doesn't. I bet he does. I bet he's like, there was this crazy woman I dated, and she had demons in her apartment. Oh, she wasn't crazy. No, but but in order to make him not look so bad, he, oh. he tells it like that. Yeah. That's how Tim tells the story. What an ass. We'll get a letter from Tim, not really not realizing that the girl like already shared her end of the story. Uh-huh. And be like and and it'll be just like that. It'll be like really throwing her down. I don't know. Uh interesting uh interesting story. That's a story where I I feel pretty darn confident saying, yeah, probably uh, uh demonic. Yeah, I so, would think so. Anyone who's going to say I, you jumped the demon so quickly. I'm not going to... Uh, on that one, I'm, I'm pretty confident. And you have the, the spider thing with teeth and red eyes. Eh, probably not a human ghost. Yeah. Just my gut feeling on that <laughs> one. Tyler writes, and dear Tony and Jenny, my story starts in 2012 when my ex-girlfriend found a black kitten during a rainstorm and brought her back to my condo to live. We soon broke up and I ended up raising the cat. I became depressed after the breakup and, among other things, fell into addiction. If it wasn't for the companionship of my cat, I probably wouldn't have made it to recovery and be living or leading the happy life I do today. When my landlord discovered the cat, there was apparently a no-pet policy. I had to send her to live with my mom for the remainder of my lease. Strange things began to happen after that. I'd lie in bed at night and sometimes hear voices or music playing. I was well into recovery at this point, so I knew... It wasn't drugs or alcohol playing tricks on me. I'd also feel the familiar feeling of my cat running across my bed behind my pillow or feel as though she pounced onto my chest right as I was drifting off like she used to. My lease expired in 2014 and I moved into a new apartment. The day before Halloween, after living there for about a month, my current girlfriend found another black kitten in the middle of the road. We ended up raising her as well. While the other black cat still resides with my mom, I will often be folding laundry in front of my bed and feel my cat pawing me from under the bed only to see her walk through the door a moment later. I usually brush this off thinking maybe I just didn't see her exit the room. 
She also runs around the apartment, meowing or chasing something that doesn't seem to be there. I usually chalk that up to her being playful, though. What really spooked me was when this past week, the new cat was staying with my girlfriend and I thought my apartment uh, was animal-free. I was folding laundry on the bed like normal when I felt familiar kitten paws grasp my ankle from under the bed. I couldn't brush that off even if I tried. But later, while lying in bed when with the fan on, I heard one meow come from the kitchen. It really spooked me. I'm not really afraid of whatever this cat is that seems to be following me. If anything, I think it's helping, guiding, uh, it's a helping, guiding animal. Just thought you all would enjoy the story. I like cat stories. Do you think the, the cat is astral projecting itself because it misses him? I don't know. We've had another story about a cat doing that when it was separated. Yeah. So maybe I think there might be a little cat jealousy going on <laughs> since the first black kitten sure. got kind of replaced by the second black kitten. What's interesting, uh, we were talking the other day in an episode about how sometimes ghost people don't necessarily need to be dead. Mm-hmm. Maybe ghost pets also don't necessarily need to be dead to be making themselves known in a ghostly presence way. Yeah. A very interesting story. I liked it. I like a good ghost cat story. 855-853-4802. That's our phone number here at Real Ghost Stories Online to share your real ghost story with us. Of course, you can also call in anytime you want uh, uh, or write in anytime you want on our website at realghoststoriesonline.com. Please help keep our show on the air. Sign up to be an EPP. It's an extra podcast person. Get all those bonus episodes. There's a lot of them now. So uh, sign up, get all of those. Satisfaction knowing you're keeping the show a-going. So without your support, we cannot continue on. So please consider doing that if you uh, if you enjoy the show. Uh, until next time, for Jenny Bruski, I'm Tony Bruski. Thanks for listening to another episode of Real Ghost Stories Online.